0: Well, thank you, Eric, very much. City Light it is a joy to get to follow Jesus with all of you. Am I on, Am I coming through? No. I am on. Oh, boom. I was about to say, I'm on according to my pack. All right. Yeah, my name's Doug. I love following Jesus with you guys. Uh, quick update last week, uh, we prayed for a lady in our church named Mary who had been in the hospital. in I- Third time's a charm, maybe. Wow, crazy. I'm just going to kill this guy, if that's okay. You're good, Tony. Anyways, uh, quick update on Mary. She is now out of the ICU, out of the hospital, and into a rehab facility, building up strength back in her lungs and all throughout her body. So keep on praying for her. That's an awesome answer to prayer. Let's just hope that it keeps going, all right? Uh, yeah, you can clap for Mary. Way to go, Mary. Thank you for your prayers. Um, Okay, let me start this morning with a statement, and you see if you agree with me, okay? Songs were made for repeat. Songs were made... For repeat, Whether it is uh, on the radio or Spotify or YouTube, whenever we hear a song and we like it, we look for ways to listen to it again and again and again. Songs were made for repeat, okay? For example, let me just share this song line with you. See if you can fill in the blank, okay? If you know the song, you can give me the blank. I am not throwing away my Ah, there you go, Hamilton people. Exactly. I'm amazed at how much history my children have learned, just because they'll borrow one of our phones, pull up Spotify, and listen to some of the Hamilton songs on repeat. Songs were made for repeat. Uh, Here's another example. Uh, You ready? I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn so much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, Oh, great job, right? We've all heard that song many times. Last one. Um, oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave, or the land of the free in the home of the free. play ball. Exactly. We've all heard that song many times. Songs were made for repeat. This is why some of you can still remember the words to the song that you sang your high school sweetheart when you took her to homecoming. This is also why some of us still hate the old Barney song or the Dora song, I'm the map, right? I'm not going to sing it. Wait, I did just sing all the words to that song right then and there. Okay, so this is also why there are over 15,000 radio stations In our nation, Spotify has over 345 million users worldwide, 70 million songs to listen to, and 60,000 new songs uh, added every single day. Songs were made for repeat, and we were made to listen. Like, we can't help but be impacted by the words, the tunes, the power of these songs. They excite our emotions and they energize our minds. They stir up desires in our hearts and they can trigger old memories and bring us right back to those moments. The Bible has a word for this songs on repeat dynamic. Like when you get a song stuck in your head and you're walking around the office muttering the words under your breath. The word that the Bible has for this is meditation. Not like getting a weird pose and try to empty your mind meditation, but the Bible kind of meditation. And in fact, the Bible is so into songs on repeat and us meditating to those songs and getting them stuck in our heads that there's a whole book of the Bible devoted to songs. It's a collection written and preserved of ancient songs that is written and preserved so that you and I can read them and repeat them and rehearse them even still today. That book of the Bible is called Psalms. Psalms simply means songs, and songs were made for repeat, This morning, we kick off a summer series of messages where we're going to be preaching different psalms this summer, and I just want to start at the beginning, Psalm 1, looking at Bible meditation. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and open it up to Psalm 1 or grab your Bible app on your phone, and let's read the first couple of verses. Here's what it says. Blessed is the man who walks, not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What I want to do is just highlight two words in these verses and put them together for emphasis. The first word is blessed, right at the very beginning of verse 1. The second word is meditates, there at the end of verse 2. You put them together, and it's really simple. The blessing of meditation. That's what this song is singing to us. So That's what this psalm is saying. There is a blessing to Bible meditation, okay? And so what I want to do, because songs are made for repeat, is I want us to repeat read these two verses again. This time we're going to be looking for the blessing of Bible meditation. Here we go. Blessed is the man or woman or child. The Hebrew word there is not exclusive to only men. Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Here's what I think the psalm is doing. First, in verse 1, the psalm is stating the blessing of Bible meditation in a negative way okay? And then verse 2 is a positive way, okay? So, let's just look at verse 1 and see the blessing stated in a negative way. Here's how I would say it. When we've got the Psalms on repeat in our heads, right? We're listening to them. We're taking them in. When we're meditating on our Bibles, we avoid some of the dumb stuff that wicked people do, okay? Blessed is the man who st- uh, uh, walks not in the way of the wicked, who stands not in the way of sinners, who sits not in the seat of scoffers. So when we're meditating on the Bible, we at least avoid some of the dumb stuff that wicked people do. Now, I get it. That sounds like so judgmental, right? Like I'm just being the preacher man up here on the stage, judging the world out there and taking cheap shots from the stage against that terrible, wicked world. But that's not my heart. That's not the heart of God here in Psalm 1. So let me try to illustrate, all right? Uh, Reader's Digest shared the story of police in Ossining, New York, who were called to a local mini mart uh, because a man named Blake Leak was trying to break into the store. So when police got there, Blake Leak realized it, and he took off running. He was faster than the cops. They actually tripped and fell trying to chase after him, and so he was able to get away, and he ended up in this field right next to a huge warehouse thinking everything was fine. Well, too bad for Blake Leak. That field next to the huge warehouse, the warehouse just so happened to be Sing Sing Maximum Security Prison. So a prison guard walked out and promptly arrested him. Not so smart for Blake Leak, right? Uh, another one. Uh, over in Scotland, a man named Aaron uh, decided to shoplift some vodka uh, while from the local liquor store, Okay. Uh, But once the store clerk realized what had happened, it was real easy to track him down and arrest him because while he was shoplifting the vodka, he left his name and his phone number with the store clerk. He had thought she was cute and he wanted to ask her out on a date. So it was real easy to find him afterwards, right? Not so smart. And that's not an isolated, those aren't isolated stories. There's many more like it of the wicked, the sinful, the scoffers, living life in a way that brings harm to themselves. We could find stories like this, both big and small, even around our own lives to where we realize, you know, living wicked, living sinful, living like a scoffer, it just isn't smart, It's actually kind of dumb. It isn't good for us, and it isn't helpful to us. So here in verse 1, Psalm Psalm 1 is stating for us the blessing of Bible meditation in a negative way. We avoid the dangers of wickedness. But Psalm 1 also states it for us in a positive way. Look at verse 2. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord. So we avoid some of the dangers of wickedness. And, positively, we enjoy the delights of God's Word. We get to enjoy the delights of the Word of God. Later on, another psalm picks up this delight theme. Hear these verses from Psalm 119. They say, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. So many delights to the words, the testimonies, the commands of God. It says here, Bible meditation is better than being rich. Bible meditation, it's like having these counselors, full-time counselors walking with you and guiding you through your life. It can stir up love in your heart. It gives us healthy emotions to where we're not unfeeling, but we're also not overfeeling. And sometimes Bible meditation, the delights of God's Word, just get us through the tough and terrible times, those times of affliction in our lives. And so now you might be wondering, okay, okay, so I see there's blessing to Bible meditation. That sounds awesome. But what is it? Like, what do I actually do to meditate on the Bible? Great questions. Let me answer it this way. When you think of Bible meditation, picture in your mind a cow laying around chewing its cud. Okay? Now, strange picture, I know, but let me explain. Cows actually have four separate compartments in their stomachs. So usually early in the day, they'll go around and they'll graze a little bit. But whenever they're eating, they don't really chew their food much at first. They just kind of get it into the first compartment of their stomach, where it mixes around and softens and becomes these like little soft food chunks that are called cud. Okay. Then throughout the day, the cow will regurgitate its cud and just chew, chew, chew. Like a cow can have up to 40,000 chews per day. That's a lot of chewing. Now, there's countless benefits of this cud chewing to the cows, but I think we're done with our lesson for the day, okay? What I want to do now is compare the cud-chewing cow to our Bible reading and our Bible meditation. Right? Statistically, about half of us in the room try to regularly read our Bibles, even daily. We try, which means that about half of us in the room never read our Bibles. Like, we just never read it in the first place. We don't grate a little bit on it or a little bit of truth into, oh wow, is it going out as well? Should I go back to the original? Okay, I'm turning on here. This is a fascinating, fun thing. Yeah, that's crazy. I going and preaching right on, and you guys can just do your best to listen to me. So, uh, it means that some of us, we just never scoop up some of God's truth in the first, we never get a little bit of God's Word in us to come back to and chew on throughout the day. We're like a cow maybe I'm okay. Any suggestions, guys? If you guys can be patient with us. Sorry, online folks. I'm sure you're going like, what's happening in the room? Okay. I'm going to keep rolling with this one, and let's see if it works. Okay. Uh, We never just scoop up some of God's good work, right? We're like a cow trying to chew its cud, but we never ate in the first place, so there's nothing to chew on. If that's you, if you're among the half who simply doesn't read your Bible, please know I'm not going to shame you, okay? Not going to throw shame on you. But because of the blessing of meditating on the Bible, the, we get to avoid the dangers of wickedness and we get to enjoy the delights of God. Because of the blessing of Bible meditation, I do want to challenge you. I want to invite you. I want to call you, even dare you, to pick up a new habit this summer read your Bible. And some of you, you may have never read your Bible before, but now is an awesome, amazing time to start reading your Bible. Some of you, you may have read your Bible like back in the day, but then then you felt a flicker in your heart and a flame. You were on fire for Jesus reading your Bible, but then you just burnt out. You got disconnected from God's Word. There has never been a better time to reconnect to God's Word than today. And one of the most helpful tools when it comes to Bible reading, okay, if you just got to get started reading your Bible, I highly recommend the Bible app, all right? You can get it on your phone from whichever app store you use, whichever kind of phone that you use. It's simply called the Bible app. Download it. Even now, while I'm talking to you, you can kind of space off. That's all right. Now, on that Bible app, it has like a daily Bible verse you can read every day. It's got a video story to go with that, so you can kind of watch that, and it teaches you a little bit about that verse. It has all these different plans that you can sign up for, and it will send you reminders to read your Bible. One of those plans is simply called Psalms, and it will guide you through the book of Psalms while we're preaching some of these Psalms. You can even listen to the audio of the Bible, so when you're driving or doing whatever. So, I like the app. I use it all the time. I feel like a salesman for it, okay? So, if you're among those who simply don't read your Bibles, then let me encourage you, start somewhere, All right? I want you to know and enjoy the blessing of Bible meditation. And for those who do, you've got a regular habit trying to read your Bible. Let's remember the cow chewing its cud, okay? I'm not for sure. Maybe for you, you're like me. Oftentimes, when I read my Bible, I'll wake up in the morning. I'll open my Bible app. I'll read the daily verse. I'll maybe watch the video that goes with it. Then I listen to my Bible through the year, uh, in a uh, Bible through the year Bible in a year plan, and uh, just kind of take some of that in. I go, "Oh, that's interesting." Then say a short prayer. But then I go throughout the rest of my day, like I never just read my Bible. Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? I can do that. I'm a box checker. And sometimes checking a box is what I need to do. It's better than nothing. But here we are in Psalm 1. It's a song that's singing to me, telling me to put God's Word on repeat, telling me to get it stuck in my head like a Taylor Swift song, telling me to chew on it like a cow chews on its cud. 40,000 chews a day. So what I want to do is find out ways to go back to the Bible throughout the day. All right? Read, graze a little bit in the morning, then go back to it the other day. That could be as simple as writing a Bible verse on a sticky note and sticking it in your car so you can read it on the way to work and the way home from work and when you're grabbing lunch or you're running errands. It could be something where you just put a Bible verse on the home screen of your phone. So every time you open your phone, boom, there's some Bible for you to chew on. It could be listening to the Bible as you're doing chores around the house or cleaning up after the kids. And remember this unique blessing that Saul one is talking about. Okay? The blessing of Bible meditation. So it's not saying hey you need to read your whole Bible this month, right? Read chapter after chapter after chapter. Instead, it's calling us to chew deeply on what we did read. So if tomorrow morning you wake up and you say, "You know what? I'm going to read Psalm 2." You read Psalm 2 in the morning, and then maybe you pick a verse from it, you write it on a sticky note, stick it in your car boom, you're reading that throughout the day. Maybe you put uh, that verse as the home screen on your phone so that you see it over and over again. Or maybe you just put Psalm 2 on audio, on repeat, and you listen to it over and over again throughout your day. Okay? Since songs were made for repeat, then why not this summer let's put the Psalms on repeat? Let me share with you a real-life example, okay? Just the way I did this uh, pretty recently. When I was sick with COVID, um, I had quite a bit of time to pray, read my Bible, and meditate on my Bible. And I felt like the Lord took me to Psalm 128 as a prayer for my family. Let me read a couple verses to you from Psalm 128. Verses 3 and 4 read like this Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Now, normally on just my box-checking days, I just read that and then turn it into a short prayer. Father, thank you so much for your Bible. Pray that Whitney would be like a vine in our house. My children would be like olive shoots. You're so awesome. Thanks for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. But... This time, I knew that we were going to be preaching in the Psalms this summer. I knew I was going to be kicking off the series out of Psalm 1. I had already been doing some research, and I knew that whole, like, cows chewing their cud thing. So, I knew that I'm not called to be a box checker. I'm called to be a cud chewer. I lingered in Psalm 128 for a while. I stayed there. I started asking questions of Psalm 128. What does it mean for my wife to be fruitful? What does it mean for her to be fruitful like a vine? Is that different from fruitful like an apple tree or some other thing? Like, what's it trying to say here? And so I'd ask questions of it and then look and do some research and get some answers. And then I would turn those into prayers. And every question, every answer, every prayer is another chew. I was just a cow laying around chewing my cud. Later on in the day, I got my phone back out and opened it up to Psalm 128, and I started wondering about this whole children like olive shoots around the table. What's an olive shoot? How does it grow? What would that mean to have it around my table? Well, it turns out that olive shoots, they're difficult to put down roots, and it takes a while for them to start growing, but then once they get rooted and they're growing, they'll produce returns, and they'll give you fruit for decades to come. And so that started shaping the way I pray for my children. Oh, Lord, help my children to put their roots down deep into Jesus. And may these early years of investment where Whitney and I are pouring into them in their young years, may that reap benefits and produce returns for decades to come in their lives. Then every question asked and answer found and prayer prayed is another chew. Now, I didn't get to 40,000 chews that day. But on that day, I prayed more for my wife than I had in a while. And on that day, I prayed more for my children than I had in a while. And on that day, I enjoyed the blessing of Bible meditation. I wasn't a box checker. I was a cud chewer. City lights. some of us, I think God is inviting you, inviting you to start a brand new habit this summer. He's calling you to it, and you're going to do it. You're going to start reading your Bible. Others of us, I think God is calling us inviting us into deep meditation on His Word, right? To where we savor the flavor. We're not just going to scarf down our food and forget what it ever tasted like in the first place. We're going to get every last bit of goodness out of every single bite. We're going to put the Psalms on repeat and get them stuck in our heads. That's the blessing of Bible meditation. Now, as much as I like the blessing part of it, I don't want to be that like used car salesman who tells you all the awesome stuff and all the amazing stuff and strategically neglects to tell you the difficulties as well. Yes, there are amazing blessings to Bible meditation, but there's some very real difficulties to Bible meditation as well. In particular, it is slow and it requires focus. Bible meditation is slow. It's read, repeat, repeat slow down. Read it again. Repeat it again. Slow down. And we don't like slow, do we? We don't like slow. For example, on your way here this morning, how fast did you go? Some of you like overachieving rule keepers actually went the speed limit or slower. Congratulations. We're proud of you, okay? But I would guess that most of us, we bumped up over that speed limit a little bit. Why? Because we want to go fast. We want to go faster and get there faster. We don't like slow. The other thing I've noticed in our culture more and more, we don't like focus, okay? When was the last time you did something and you did only that one thing? You weren't like out working in the garage and listening to talk radio and checking your phone for for text at the same time. You weren't sitting on the couch watching a movie with the family and scrolling through Facebook and making your grocery list on your phone at the same time. I do this even in our Sunday morning gatherings when I'm not preaching. Eric will be up here or whomever. And I, I get started in the sermon, and I'm paying attention. I, I got my focus on. And then all of a sudden I have a squirrel moment, right? And I get distracted, and I'm checking text on my phone, and I'm sending messages to some staff members asking them about this, what about that. And then after doing that for a few minutes, I'm like, oh, wait. At the end of the sermon, I got to go up there and do announcements and like do that sermon response thing to talk about what I heard from God. In the sermon, I should stop and focus, Man, we love speed, and we love distraction. Our culture is addicted to speed and distraction, and Bible meditation is the opposite of those. It is slow and focused. Slow and focused. Let me actually show it to you here in our passage so you can see what I'm talking about. And since songs were made for repeat, let's go back to verse 1. This time I want us to notice the slow down progression here. You ready? Ready? Blessed is the person who walks. Think about the speed, the pace of walking. Who walks, not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands. Okay, we're slowing down, like way down. Like now we're stopped in the way of sinners. Nor sits. Okay, this is about as slow as you can possibly go. Sits in the seat of scoffers. So we went from slow to stopped to stuck. What is Bible meditation like? It is slow and focused. And if that wasn't enough, look at verse 3, this image, this picture it gives us of Bible meditation. It says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. What does meditation look like in our lives? It looks like a tree that gets planted by streams of water. And immediately, my mind goes to like those big, huge, sprawling trees that are old, and they give shade to people underneath them. They have these huge branches that children can climb. But then I remember that in the entire history of the world ever, that's not how any tree started. Every tree starts small, and every tree grows slowly sending its roots down, pulling the water of the word up, slowly getting stronger, slowly sending its branches out, slowly growing. It takes years. I know this isn't exciting. It takes years, friends, for the blessing of Bible meditation to really show up in your life. And I don't know about you, but I don't like that. I want it to go fast, right? Like, I want it to be there by the end of this sermon. I want God to snap his finger and suddenly turn me into a cud-chewing, Bible-meditating, psalm-repeating, blessed man. But instead, Bible meditation, yeah, it takes the power of God. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit to sustain our habits. It is a lifelong process that is slow and focused, but so worth it. Any man here who likes to smoke your meats, you know the blessing of slow and focused. If you rush it, you know it ain't no good, right? It's a slow, focused process that is so worth it. Songs are made for repeat. And this song here, Psalm 1, is singing to us about the blessing and the difficulties of Bible meditation but this psalm is also a picture for us. It's a picture of a person, the person, right? Blessed is the man. Blessed is the person. And so, pause and think about this. Who is the person who was truly blessed? Like day in and day out and night in and night out, meditated on the Word of God. Who is the person that avoided the pitfalls and the pains of wickedness? And he truly delighted, he knew the delights of God. And who is the person who did all this over the course of time? Not rushing it, but grew slow and strong and sturdy like a tree planted by streams of water. Who is the person who remained patient and let that slowness have its full effect in his life, even to the degree that he didn't start his public ministry until he was 30 years old? Who is the person who stayed focused and let God's Word affect and impact every part of his life until his time came? And his identity, his true identity was revealed, and he stepped out on the center stage of the world, and he healed people. He did miracles. He fed people and loved people and taught people. By now, we all know the answer. Psalm 1 is a picture. It's a portrait for us of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the blessed man who avoided the pitfalls of wickedness and enjoyed the delights of God's word. He grew strong and slow and sturdy like a tree planted by streams of living water that yields its fruit in its season. And then Jesus, the blessed man strong as a tree, he was nailed to a tree. The blessed one died for the cursed ones. That'd be us. Jesus, the one who truly delighted in all the goodness of God and avoided the dangers of wickedness, chose to taste the bitterness of sin and death for us. Jesus, the blessed one, died for us so that we might be blessed in him, so that we might be delivered from the pitfalls and the pains of wickedness, so that we might know and delight in the word of God and enjoy him in Jesus. So City Light, this summer, as we go through the Psalms, let me encourage you, may our cud-chewing And Bible meditating and song repeating, lead us to love and Savior, love and savor our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Amen. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, through all the random mic difficulties and distractions in this room, what a Sunday for distraction. Um, Oh, Father, we ask that you'd be speaking to us. We know that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. You know their stories, you know their backgrounds, you know their hopes, you know their dreams. And Father, I'm asking that you would work in each of us. That this wouldn't just be like a sermon from a stage, but this would be a way that you're communicating to real people with real lives. Both in this room and on the live stream and in the live stream room. Oh God, would you speak to us. I pray right now that through your Holy Spirit, you would be illuminating, you would be highlighting something I said or a Bible verse I read that is specifically for each person, and they'd say, okay, God, I'm going to take that home. I'm going to take that challenge, and I'm going to start reading my Bible, or I'm going to take that picture of a cow chewing its cud, and I'm going to let it impact my life. And oh God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you really change our lives, whether that's through a new habit or a deeper delight or us running from the pitfalls and the dangers of wickedness. Oh, God, would you change our lives? Would you give us the gift of life transformation? Because Jesus is worth it. Your Bible is good, and you've empowered us through your Holy Spirit. Would you come and do it? We pray in Jesus' good name. Amen.